You're listening to the team Top Figure Podcast. Your one-stop shop for entrepreneurship, lifestyle, and motivation. What's going on, everybody? Did you know you're an average of the five closest people to you? Yes, you're an average of those five. So one of the hardest things is to find like-minded individuals to be around you. Well, guess what? We've changed that right now. Introducing the daily meetup where we meet every single day, Monday to Friday, for an hour for accountability, talking about goals. It's a book club. We're literally going to be meeting every single day for an hour talking about your goals and how to get your life to the next level this year. The only way you can do that is to be around the right people. People. That's why this is an accountability circle. You're going to wake up on time. You're going to be around the right people. You're going to be sharing your goals and you're going to get held accountable. That's the most important thing. For just a dollar, you could try it for seven days. If you don't like it, you leave. If you like it, you stay. What are you guys waiting for? So go to thedailymeetup.com. This is a no-brainer. This is literally going to change the game. And this is the only step you need to go to the next level. Literally right now. So what are you waiting for? I'll see you on the other side. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Top Figure Podcast. Today, we're so excited to have a special guest. And what we're going to be talking about today is having systems in your business. Um, It's super important having systems in your business because it's hard to scale a business if there's no systems, you know. And we have a special guest to come speak about this topic. And she's an expert in her field and been crushing it, crushing it. Um, And, you know, the person, her name is Connie Falls. Hey, Connie, if you want to give yourself a quick intro for the people who don't know you, she's she's worked with some of the biggest names, some of the biggest companies. So, Connie, go ahead and give yourself a quick intro. Hey, I am Connie S. Falls, and the S is for systems. I spent the last 13 years creating the operational systems for creative entrepreneurs. What are systems, policies, processes, procedures, everything that it takes for you to create generational wealth? by utilizing generational documentation. Perfect, perfect. So let's get right into it. So you're an entrepreneur now, you're crushing it, but who was Connie Falls before all these systems, before all the success, before everything? Let's go back to when you were first starting your entrepreneurship. I know the story, but let the people know the story. So uh, before that, I was a, a college student with a master's degree and all that other stuff, but wasn't really working in my field. I graduated with a master's of organizational uh, organizational management, and I really didn't know where I wanted to be able to take that. So I just got whatever jobs I could, just like most people. You find whatever space you feel like you fit in, whatever's going to pay the bills, and that's literally what I did. I found a job um, at a lending company and worked there for a couple of years, got into construction, worked there for a couple of years. And then I just, once I talked to my little sister, she lived in Georgia and she was like, I miss you. I want you to come out. I was like, you know what? I will do that. Mm-hmm. Moved to Georgia, went and got a, a job at a carpet uh, flooring company and worked there for two years. And they just worked me to death. I was exhausted every day. Um, started getting migraines really, really bad. My edges were falling out. And you know, us ladies can't have our edges falling out, right? <laughs> And, and one day I was leaving, I was going to work at four o'clock in the morning, getting off at nine o'clock PM and on the ride uh, home from work, I literally blacked out behind the wheel, crashed my car on the side of the road. I called my job and told them I'm never coming back. And I didn't. Only problem was I didn't have a plan. Like most people who start their businesses don't have a plan. Um, and I also didn't have a lot of money saved up. So I ended up moving back in with my dad. And during that time, my younger sister, who is, I want to say she was close to nine or 10 at the time was running a candy store and she was an entrepreneur. 
right? And she helped me. She was like, yo, so didn't you go to college? I'm like, yeah. It's like, didn't you like learn how to do something in college? I was like, well, yeah. So well, what do you know how to do? So I know how to write business plans. She said, do people pay for those? Like, I think they do. She's like, why don't you just ask your friends if they'll buy it, if they'll buy a business plan for me. And that's literally what I did. And from that place, I went from writing the business plans to doing consulting, to creating the actual corporations, to getting into coaching, to government contracting, to working with everybody from Dell down to barbershops, anything in between you could think of. And that's where I started. Wow, that's um, that's super important. You mentioned uh, a couple of great points I want to get into. And you mentioned you quit like your job, you know. A lot of people don't even have the courage to do that. So, you know, you you had family, you had people depending on you, you had to pay bills and things like that. What was it like to really just quit your job without a plan or no backup or anything like that? It was embarrassing. It, it was very embarrassing. I mean, you got to figure I was the, um, I was the person in the family that I was supposed to be looked up to because I'm the older sister, right? And I was sleeping on the couch in my dad's house. I had two younger brothers and a younger sister. One brother is 10 years younger. The other is 14 years younger. And my sister is 17 years younger than me. And they're literally watching their big sister on the couch every day. They're walking by their company, you know, and I'm, I'm just living here. So I felt, I felt awful. I felt lost, um, especially being the person that's supposed to be the role model. So it was awful. I, I realized that I didn't have any financial planning. I had, I had gotten no financial education. I really just didn't know what my plan would be. So it was a, it was a low and embarrassing point for me. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's deep. And that's, you know, for the people to really get to know Connie a little bit more and, you know, her backstory and how important it is to really just, you know, uh, you know, you're, you're real and like, you know, you're more relatable when people see, you know, the Connie now today, they, they can relate to that uh, person. So pretty much let's go right into, you know, what is the importance of pretty much setting up a system in a business? Like you mentioned, you worked with the Dell and, uh, and, and a lot of big players, you know, even down to the small businesses, how important it is it to have systems in place in your business or in your life in general uh, for the people who are listening? So I think because systems is a big, scary word, right? So first I want to demystify the word. Mm -hmm. So systems is just the way you do things. It's the way you run your business. It's the way you run your house. It's the way you run your life. It's your secret sauce, right? Mm -hmm. So to take it from there's digital side and then there's the operational side. I do with the operational side. So let's just think of all the words that people are using these days that are like keywords, generational wealth, right? Mm -hmm. So everybody wants to build generational wealth, but if you can't build generational wealth, if there's no nothing to pass down. So many of the businesses that we have, they are based around what we know how to do well. So let's say if I know how to bake cookies really well, I'm, I'm an expert cookie baker. It's what I do. It's what I'm known for. Everybody loves my cookies. And one day I pass away and I never wrote down the rest, the recipe for my cookies. Will anybody ever be able to make those cookies again? Mm -mm. Oh. No, nobody will, because I never documented the process of how I made the cookies. So we can think about it in easy terms when it comes to recipes, because the recipes are just a process that's been documented. Mm. This is how you bake the cookies. This is how much salt, this is how much sugar you need in order to make it. That's their system with the outcome being a cookie, right? It's the same way when it comes to our business. 
we need a recipe or a system that's going to show us how to ge create generational wealth. So now why are systems important? Systems are important because if you don't have a recipe to how your business is run, when you pass away, which we all will one day, your business will die with you. No mm -hmm. one will know how to run your business. You won't know how to hire anybody. You won't know how to onboard anybody. You'll never be able to train somebody to be able to take care of the tasks that you as a CEO cannot be responsible for. Mm -hmm. So now let's talk a little bit about what are systems. Systems are the foundation operational systems. They're the foundation to how your business is run. Policy, process, procedure. Policy, they're rules, right? If there are no rules, there's no rules. You can do whatever, people can just run rampant and do whatever they want to do when it comes to your business. Mm -hmm. Process is the bigger picture on what needs to be done in order to carry out whatever task it is. Procedures are the actual steps that it takes to make the task happen. So let's put it into, in, into real life. If I'm baking cookies and the big picture, which the process is baking cookies, mm -hmm. What do I need to do in order to bake a cookie? Those steps, uh, take out the cookie dough, defrost, put it on a cookie pan. Before you put it on a cookie pan, make sure that you grease the pan down. Every single step that goes into the bigger process of baking a cookie are the procedures. The policies of baking a cookie are the temperature cannot be over 375 degrees or the cookies will burn. Make mm -hmm. sure that the cookies are at least one inch apart or the cookies will uh, blend together. Make sure that you don't stack cookies on top of each other because it'll make one big blob and the cookies in the middle won't be cooked. Mm -hmm. So every single task that we do in our business falls under a bigger process that we break down into procedures, which are the steps in order to get a goal down. And we have to have rules in order to accomplish that. So mm -hmm. that's the big picture when it comes to systems. And that's that's huge because like people breaking down that, you know, congesting that's what the big word of systems is really like, you know, like you put it right, baking a cookie. And that's very simple for people to understand that. Right. You know, there's the process, there's the rules and, uh, you know, making sure what is one mistake that you've seen a lot in businesses or in individuals who are running businesses. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, early on in their systems, in their baking sheet? Like, you know, what are they usually missing that you've noticed a lot? The first thing is that they've never, and it's it's going to sound so simple. Mm -hmm. It's going to sound so easy. People get frustrated with me because they're like, drop a gem. And I'm like, here's the biggest gem. Write it down. Mm. Write it down. The biggest problem that people have is that you're so used to doing things. It becomes habit. It's easy for you. You think it's common sense. Mm -hmm. Common sense is not common. Documentation is common. That's the way that you pass along information. If you think about the Bible, if you think about all these books that we love and we refer, it's all just written. It's just written documentation of how someone else has done something, right? So if you've never taken this, the first step, of writing it down, you can't pass it down. Mm -hmm. You can't pass down any information. You can't pass down knowledge. You can't pass down even a recipe if you don't write it down. Mm -hmm. The one, the number one mistake is that most of us never document our process. Mm -hmm. Number one, because if you don't do that first step, none of the other ones, it, it, you can't build off of that. You can't create a policy or a rule for your company if you've never written down what the person is supposed to do, mm -hmm. which is the process. 
You see what I'm saying? So the one thing, if anybody takes away from this interview, write it down. Take one step at a time, get a lined sheet of paper, and think of one task that you find yourself doing repeatedly over and over and over again. Put whatever that task is at the top, and then underneath it, four pillars. <laughs> one thing, four pillars, right? Mm -hmm. And under those pillars, you write exactly how those this one thing gets accomplished. And then under each tab, you start writing out the processes for how it gets done. But the first step, write, write it, it down. down. Yo, that's, that's huge. Yeah. Appreciate you sharing that. And uh, you, you talked about this one thing. You call it what? Brain dump, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tell them about the brain dump. I love a good brain dump. <laughs> so brain dump, especially when you're talking about people that are creative, which if you're an entrepreneur, you're creative, right? So... In your mind, there are a hundred thousand things that are going on. Regardless of if you feel like your hands are focused on one task, your mind is still thinking about a thousand things. I'm thinking about, oh my gosh, I hope they serve chips on the plane versus pretzels. There's a train that just went by. I hope it's not getting picked up in the background on this mic. I'm thinking about, okay, does my hair look crazy? Are my glasses even? Did I need to clean them off? The like in the back of my mind, there are a hundred thousand things that are moving. And that's just the way that we are. We're all little ADD people running around doing our best to run our business, right? Mm -hmm. And if you don't take all of this information in your head, and start getting it out on paper, it will forever be locked up here. Mm. You'll never be able to focus if everything is still locked in your head, which again is the reason why documentation is so important because you're going to forget. Mm -hmm. We're human. You're going to forget, oh my God, my flight was at so-and-so, but I have an interview at this time. You're going to just naturally forget, and it's, and it's not at your fault. That's just who we are. And if we don't take the things that are in our brain and literally write it down, then how will we be able to teach the next generation? Mm -hmm. Generational wealth comes along with the next generation. But if we don't get this out, there's no way for us to start creating the processes that we need in order to create a business. Wow, that's uh, super important you mentioned there. And guys, I know this stuff sounds very easy, but you probably don't do these things and you have to be doing these things. Um, going into the next step, right? You've been documenting and you've been doing processes and things like that. Going into 2021, what are some things and systems people have to be looking out for? People need to be doing in order to grow their business, or else they're gonna be, they're gonna fall behind. Because mm -hmm. 2020 was one one story. Yeah, 2021 this is a whole different story. Because you've seen this year what happened. There's a lot of businesses that are not gonna be around anymore. It's sad to say, but that's the truth. Because they didn't know how to adapt. They probably didn't have the right systems in place. They probably weren't coming online and these things. So if you're not adapting 2021, same thing could probably happen. Mm -hmm. So I suggest one, in addition to writing it down, because you know that's always going to be my number one thing, is to evaluate what's working for you. Genuinely look at what you have in place right now, the processes that you have in place, and figure out what's working and what's not working. Some of the things that, some of these brick and mortar buildings that, that didn't make it through 2020, it's because they never had a plan in place in order to go digital. They never had a, a, an SEO pay, a, a page that's been SEO. They've never had a website where they were funneling information or getting um, data from off of their clients. They didn't even know who their real client base was. They were just throwing ads and throwing, trying to throw money into ads, but they had never created the foundational stuff on the front end to really understand their market. So my suggestion, number one, 
always write it down, write down the tasks that are involved in your business. Number two, going into 2020, really evaluate where you are and where you're trying to go. It's called a gap analysis. You can Google the word gap analysis and it will really explain to you in depth to how to figure out where you are today, where you want to go, and then how to fill in that blank in the middle. There's some pieces that we're all missing in our business between where we are and where we want to be. We need to figure out where that gap is and start filling it in. A lot of these brick and mortar businesses, they never did a gap analysis to say, okay, what if things went this way? Mm. How would this affect me? What steps do I need to take? And what money do I need to set aside to make this happen? Some of these brick and mortar businesses, they weren't able to survive because they had never put aside the money that would have been dedicated to building out a digital platform. Mm. Right. There's a lot of there's a lot of speakers who who were used to going and doing in-person speaking sessions, even if they were getting 10, 15,000, 5,000 dollars. They never thought about transitioning their speaking in person to speaking virtually. They never created ebooks. They never created courses. They never created anything that that can one outlive them, but two be exercised in this virtual world that we're in. Right. So everyone needs to really evaluate where they are and their goals. So when, when I look at, and, and I'll just give you one example for my business, I was not a digital person at all. So I'm even a part of the, the, the people that I'm talking about right now. I just, for me, I've worked on the background of businesses. I work hundred percent referral based all my life. This is year 13. I've never had to run an ad in my life. And I've been hundred percent financially stable in this entrepreneur space for over a decade. And then we get into this virtual space where people are asking me to do things virtually. And I was like, I don't have anything. I don't, I don't have nothing to offer y'all. But at the top of this year, um, after really looking at the clients that I had in 2019 and saying, I was praying, I was like, Lord, why don't these people know what systems are? And he was like, well, why aren't you telling them? I was like, excuse me? <laughs> he was like, well, you haven't, you're the one that knows. Why, why haven't you been out here teaching? Why haven't you been teaching people what you know, you're wondering why they don't know. Why you not? Why you not out here teaching them? Like, oh, well, that's rude. Okay, so what can I create that I can teach the masses instead of just working with one client at a time? Which is how I came up with the systems in a day workshop. So even for me, I had to adapt. I had to adapt from where I was to be able to reach the masses. So now that I see how important it is and how how much insight that people are getting, which is how I ended up here. People really realizing, oh, this is important. Okay, great. What else can I do? All right, so now I can do more one-on-ones. I can do group coaching. So I had to adapt from what I was used to to looking at where I wanted to go, with, which is reaching the masses. And in that middle, I had no virtual presence. I had, I had nothing to offer anybody virtually. So my gap analysis showed just in that one space, only in-person one-on-ones, to being able to reach 500 people in, in one session I had to fill in that blank and figure out I needed to create a virtual product. Mm. So my suggestion is for everybody to really evaluate where they want to be and look at where they are and figure out how to fill in that blank. Gap analysis. It's huge. Gap analysis. Yep. And it's all these words. I try and demystify and, 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 and take the fear out of some of these terms, right? Because it's uh, gap analysis. That sounds you know, complicated. <laughs> it sounds heavy. But SOP, really, things like that. Right. And, and that's why I try and make sure I make it simple because the things that we feel overwhelmed at, we don't do. And they end up on our been done dead list. Mm. Y'all know I can't stand a been done dead list. Your list of all the stuff you should have been done did. <laughs> yeah. 
We, we're not we're not doing those lists anymore. But the things that are on your been done did list are the ones that you aren't bet aren't the best at. Mm-hmm. It's nice. the things that you don't really want to do. It's the thing that's going to take a lot of effort on your part that you're not the best at, right? Mm-hmm. So it tends just not to get done. And then week after week, month, and then year, that been done did list keeps getting longer. But it's still a bunch of stuff on there that was from January that you still haven't accomplished. So my goal is to demystify the process of one documentation and then being able to delegate. You cannot delegate until you document it. So that's where I'm trying to push people to understand that that these scary words like systems and gap analysis and SOPs, yeah, they're intimidating, but I want to make sure that people are understanding it on the level of where they are. Thanks. Yeah. Appreciate you breaking that down and really sharing those tips with the audience and and really the, to be honest, like where can they really like you know get to know a little bit more about you and what your system how how to find you I guess in in a way. So the easiest way to find me is on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook, um, but Instagram is where I'm most active and on Clubhouse. Everything is going to be Connie S Falls. Mm-hmm. And the S is for systems. Connie S falls in the S is for system. That's on Instagram. That's on Clubhouse. It's on Facebook. It's my website. Anywhere you look, you can Google me. <laughs> You're going to find me under Connie S falls and the S is for systems. Perfect. And going on to the next thing, you mentioned something about, you know, government contracting. And there's so many people now talking about government contracting this, government contracting that. Like I see Clubhouse, like five different rooms of how to get started in government contracting. So like, what's that about? Because it's not nothing cool yet. It's not like, it's not like building credit or e-commerce or it's nothing. It's something in the background, but it's, I think 2021 going to be something popular of how many people speaking about it. So can you give the audience a background of what that is or if they're interested or how could they get into something like that? So government contracting is a very, very special space, right? The government had like, there's no bigger vendor than the government. They have all of the money. And a fact is that they cannot, look for a service to be completed for them until they've solicited first to a small business. Understanding the small business is $30 million and below, right? So if you make $29,999,999.99, you're still considered a small business. So they have to at least say, hey, small businesses, do y'all, y'all want to do this job for us? Y'all want to do this one thing? Before they can go to one of their homeboys who business they started for them in a have it done. Mm-hmm. So getting into that space, it's it's a process. You want to have at least two years worth of completed tax returns, which cancels a whole lot of people out on the front end because everybody's always trying to evade and 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 get out of having to pay their business taxes. Mm-hmm. But you absolutely 100% have to have at least two years worth of uh, tax returns done. In addition to that, you have to be registered with SAM, S-A-M, systemawardmanagement.gov. SAM is a process where they're going to do a little bit of research on the services that you provided before, and they want to know that you've been out here working whatever your industry is and serving and being great in these streets for at least, um, I don't know the amount of years it is now because, again, laws change every day, especially with y'all president in office right now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then once you're actually in, you want to be able to complete whatever the projects are at the least amount with the greatest value. So I've had projects from rewiring the mainframe at Fort Knox to dry cleaning police uniforms and everything in between. But I've gotten that because my company, which is a totally separate company from my consulting, 
um, provides temporary work and services. So if you're in IT and you have a tech company and you're graded at whatever your space is, you could literally get registered to be a vendor and a supplier for the federal government and state and local government. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a whole nother ball game that, you know, make sure you guys get got your taxes if you're going to get into that business. Um, but going on to the next thing, right, the place where we actually met, it was through Clubhouse. Um, Clubhouse is changing the game right now. You know, we host rooms on e-commerce and building brands like that. We actually got to get you in one of our rooms. Um, and uh, that's where I found you. So can you talk a little bit about how you've been building your platform on Clubhouse and like the future of it? Clubhouse is super dope right now. Um to be on an audio platform where you can literally sit all day and just absorb information. It's, it's phenomenal. I think it's going to be, it, it's going to be the biggest thing since Facebook or MySpace, Right. And it's only because it allows people to share a lot of information in a way that they want to with their own voice. It's not like Instagram where it's just about painting pretty pictures. This is, or, or posting pretty pictures. This is about the actual information that you know, and you can't, you can't fake, information mm-hmm. you can't fake information along with being able to validate it by who you are because you're connected to instagram or twitter so people are able to fact check you to make sure that what you're saying is really what you're out here doing in these streets mm-hmm. the one the way that i've been able to grow is literally my name my goal for 2020 i didn't have a financial goal i didn't have a client goal i had my one goal which was of making my name synonymous with the word systems so every time you hear the word systems no matter what it is if you hear it in a commercial in the back of your subconscious you're going to think connie s falls in the essence for systems yep. that was my only goal for the whole entire year right so now that i now that when you know other rooms are going on it doesn't matter if it's industry rooms if it's real estate tax credit um social uh, branding, marketing, if the word system comes up, I immediately get pinged into that room. And it gives me an opportunity to hop in there, share my knowledge, share my resources, and be able to not just promote myself, but also educate the masses as, as well. Mm-hmm. My suggestion for you as you start moving into Clubhouse is making sure, one, that you're known for something that's good. One. Two, making sure that you're connected to your Twitter or Instagram or whatever platform that you use the most, that your bio is really well written where people can understand who you are really quickly and making sure that when you're in rooms, you add value and that you're not, of course, we all want to make money. Of course, we all want to sell whatever our products and services are, but also making sure that you're adding value whenever you're on the stage, whenever you have an opportunity to speak, you want to make sure that people know exactly who you are, who you serve and how you serve them. Wow, that's gems. that's gems. Um, in this podcast, we're really big on failure, right? We always share failure stories. So, what's a failure story you really want to share, and how you overcame it? Um, so my biggest failure, just in general, when it comes to business, was with my daughter, and I shared this in my Systems in a Day workshop. Um, when she was four years old, she was sitting on the couch, and we're little ADD people, so we bounce off the walls. We're like, ah, like you know that's that's just how our household is run and she's literally sitting on the couch and you know she's looking at me and I was like what's wrong she's like do you love your business more than you love Ashley like wait what like do you love your business more than you love Ashley because you hold your laptop more than you hold me and you look at your phone more than you look at Ashley do you love it more than you love me and as I sat there with my laptop in my lap 
and my phone in my hand, looking over my phone at her, who was I to say, of course not. Of course I don't love my baby. Because that's what I was showing, mm. right? I was showing that I cared more. This is what I held at night. This is what slept with me in the bed. My laptop in my bed slept. The, the, I tucked them in, put the little blanket <laughs> over them. Like, this is my world. And I did that with the intent. You know, my daughter's never going to have to work as hard as I am. I'm going to hustle and grind. And I'm not going to sleep at night. Like, this, I'm, I'm the best mother out here because I'm able to provide financially for my kid. And although I was a financial phenomenon, I was a family failure. So no matter how much money I brought into that household, all my daughter wanted was my time. She wanted my full attention. She wanted me to look her in the eyes when I spoke to her instead of talking to her over my phone. So my biggest fear with my business was that I did not have a system in place that could take my hands off of my business. Mm -hmm. I couldn't leave my house without my laptop. I couldn't go to bed without my phone next to me because my business required my hands at all moments. From that day forward, literally that night, I went home and bawled my eyes out. Um, and I apologized to her. I took her to the zoo that day and I closed my laptop and I was like, I'll never, I'll never make you feel like that again. I pinky promised her that. So that was my biggest failure. But what I did after that and the next day and going forward was that I started to put systems in place for my own business. Now, mind you, this is six years ago. This is, this is, thir this is seven years into me being an entrepreneur mm -hmm. and four years into her being born and she already felt like that. So the fact that I didn't have a system in place for me to be free enough to be able to hold my daughter versus my laptop, the next day I started, I started documenting. I took six months off. Everybody can't do that. I understand and respect that. But I took six months off of taking new clients in and all I did was write. I wrote down every single task that I was responsible for in government contracting and consulting and coaching and creating systems and creating SOPs. I wrote down every single task that I had locked in my head. I documented them all. And then I delegated the tasks that I didn't need to need to do. Mm. That's my biggest failure, but it's my biggest win because now I'm out here in Chicago right now, staying at one of my new clients that I met on a uh, clubhouse I'm staying in their lavish penthouse Airbnb because I just took on their business as well as all the businesses that they have in their portfolio. And I can come out here and have this type of meeting and not have to work. Mm. I don't have to work in my business. Now I can work on my business. I can work on networking. I can, I can work on bringing new clients into my business. You see what I'm saying? Now it's not about my hands. It's about my mind. Wow. So it was a failure, but this is, this is what I grew from it. That's uh, very important because some failures is actually what teaches us lessons. You know, there's no L, it's only a lesson that you learned from it. And you mentioned your daughter, she's the one that made you realize that, but you changed as soon as you realized that, you know, and sometimes it's super important to change, but we're so afraid to change. You know, we want to change, but like we're so scared to really change. So what was it? What really, what was it that made you just actually commit that change? Because you can't just be that onto your laptop and that into your business and just like get unhooked. A lot of people can't do that. It's not that easy. So what's like the first step you think they should do to kind of start backing away and getting automations and things like that in place? So everybody can't, and, and which I totally understand, everybody is not able to just stop what they're doing and then all of a sudden they just are living in this wonderful, fully systematized world, right? That's just not realistic. And I totally, totally understand and respect that. But what you can do is one day at a time. One day at a time, write down one task at a time. Just and, I, and, I, and I make it sound simple and it's because it 
it almost is. But none because most of us think that that it has to be scarier than what it is, we never take that first step. Mm. That first step is literally writing down your first task. That first step is literally being able to say, what did I do today that I don't necessarily have to have my hands on? Mm -hmm. Right? Let's say for you, when it comes to doing your podcast stuff, you guys know exactly how it has to be done, right? But there's a certain way that you guys like things done, correct? Mm -hmm. If you never wrote it down, and let's say that the person that's producing this podcast, there's somebody that's running the back end of it. Let's say he said, you know what, I'm going on vacation for the next two months. If he never wrote down the process of how he produced your show, you couldn't duplicate the same quality that you had, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say today your only task that you were responsible for was documenting the process of how a show gets produced. And you had your producer say, okay, what is every step? First, you turn on the computer. Then you go to whatever podcast platform that you're using. Then you log in using this code and this pass this uh, this email address and this password. Once you're in, you go to the top left corner. You click this button. It's going to turn on the video camera. Then you need to go in and you need to add the background. This is the background that we choose. The backgrounds are located in this folder that's on Google Drive. Depending on the background, uh, the feel of the conversation, we may have it be light pink. We may have it be light blue. If it's light blue, it's going to be a conversation with somebody that's outside because we want it to match. Like, one one task a day is how you can get yourself out of your business. One task a day. Most mm. of us are not willing to stop what we're doing and at least for an hour document a task. So I challenge you guys to let that be one of the tasks that you do. Absolutely. We're listening to words. We're taking yeah. notes. But yeah. That's <laughs> but again, it's, that would sound that would sound scary if you didn't if I didn't have to break it down, mm -hmm. which is why when people are like drop a gym, drop a gym, the first step is writing it down, mm -hmm. because everybody isn't able to take off six months from work like I was, and I and I'm blessed and I'm grateful that I was because with that now I literally don't work in my business anymore. I got to call and check and find out how it's going. Everybody good? <laughs> y'all y'all straight over there? Yeah. <laughs> okay. We should, you need anything? No, y'all don't need me. No, I, I hopped in on a Zoom call a couple of weeks ago with one of my clients that were that were on my team, uh, that that was working with my team, and as soon as I hopped on the call, they were like, "What what are you doing here?" I was like, "Oh, I was just you know, I'm thinking I'm a celebrity, like I'm popping up. Y'all be happy to see me." They're like, "Yeah, we're we're working right now." My, my bad, because I because I took the time to write out everything. Now I don't have to do it. That's that's my suggestion. But like that, like, for instance, that sounds like expensive, right? Like, let's say I don't have all the money to hire everybody. I don't have all the resources and things like that. There's a lot of solopreneurs, you know, what would you give mm -hmm. to them? It's free to write. Literally. Yup. That, that Y'all yeah. heard it. <laughs> <laughs> it's free it's to write. It's free, it's free to write. Yep. You don't have to hire my company to come in and download your brain, right? People that, that don't have time and they have a budget, they hire my company. We literally come in and we pull every single task out of your head and we create an SOP. Mind you, you think about a restaurant, how to open, how to clean a stove, how to properly wash a dish. What, what, and think about washing dishes, right? We'll use that as an example. Y'all know how to wash dishes, right? Yeah, absolutely. We all know how to wash dishes. Mm -hmm. But what goes into washing dishes? Some people uh, fill their whole sink up on one side with hot water. 
right? Some people fill their whole sink up with hot water and bleach. Some people use Dawn. Some people use, like, there's so many different ways to wash a dish. Some folks like to pre-wash their dishes and make sure that all the food is scraped up. Some folks just throw their whole dishes with leftover pancakes and bacon stuck on it, right? There's an entire process that goes into every single task that we do. Mm-hmm. But if I want it done the way I want it done, if I want you to hand wash dishes the way that my grandma and my nana taught me how to wash them, I'm going to write out an entire process on how to get that done, right? And how much does it cost me to, to write down how to wash dishes? Zero dollars. Zero dollars. <laughs> it's zero dollars. And yeah. that's why I started doing the systems in a day workshop because I know everybody can't afford for my company to come in and create the operational playbook for their company. I know that. And I don't expect everybody to. I, I used to. But again, God was like, why you ain't teaching the people? Okay, Lord, I'll find something. I, I got, did my gap analysis and figured out how to, could I go from teaching one person at a time to teaching the masses. Mm-hmm. My gap was create something that the masses could afford on the, on the hiring. So I have a workshop that's $9.97, but I also have a $20 book. So if you can't, still can't come to the workshop, awesome. Grab a $20 book. Take your time. It teaches you in the book how to document this process. If you don't have $20, you probably don't have access to be run. You shouldn't really be running the business. <laughs> you really should be yep. in a job. You know what I'm saying? Being able to work to be able to get, get the income to help add to your business. Facts. That's super important. And you mentioned it one, after you document, but like let's say the ones that are on a strict budget and they have to outsource some of these jobs, what are some things that they should do to you know, get those systems and things in place. So I'll use my favorite example. Um, One, if I see you and you got a hookah, you got on anything, Gucci, Louis Vuitton, Hermes, Jordans. If you have on Jordans, you better not tell me nothing about not being able to afford something. Mm -hmm. So let me give you an example. I have a virtual assistant, right? Um, I pay her $25 an hour. Now, most folks are like, $25 an hour right here? You can pay people $5. Yeah, go get you some $5 work done. That's cool. <laughs> All right. Go get you some five, $5 shoes and see how, how fly you feel in those. Get, pay for you. Get, sometimes you really genuinely get what you pay for. Mm-hmm. So I have a VA that I pay $25 for. And let's say that me as a CEO, which this is totally not what I make, but let's say I made $150 an hour. So if I have a virtual assistant that I pay $25 an hour for and I need some content created so she can create 15 graphics in two hours worth of time. So in two hours at $25 an hour, she's created content for me for two weeks. That content is going to create wealth for me, right? It's going to be about content for me. It's about the services that I provide. So I have two weeks worth of content. How much did I pay for it? $50. I paid $50 for it. Now, let's say for me, I mean, I know how to use Canva. I, I can, you know, I ain't that bad at, you know, creating little little lame graphics, right? Because I give you the templates. I can throw my picture in a couple, throw a couple words on there. I could do that. But I'm not a graphic designer. I'm not as good as my VA at doing that. Mm-hmm. So let's say I pay, I mean, I'm worth $150 an hour, but it takes me four hours to do it instead of the two hours it takes her. That's what, $600? So either I'm going to spend four hours of my time trying to create graphics, some struggle graphics at that, mm-hmm. um, or I'm going to pay $50 to somebody who knows what they're doing. Yep. If you're in business and you don't have $50 to be able to advance your business, you should not be in business. So what right. do I tell people they don't have a budget for it? Go look and find it. 
Mm-hmm. Trade you can't those get the Gucci. nails done this week. Trade your Gucci <laughs> flip flops. Flip. <laughs> Dior, you got a Dior slide, and you're telling me that you cannot <laughs> afford to hire somebody to create your content for you? Yeah, that's... You telling me you got some $600 J's on, some $200 J's on. <laughs> yeah, and that's something important, and I think it falls under in our culture to spend money on the wrong things. And as entrepreneurs, it's really important to really watch where your money's going at. Like, be frugal in your life, but never on your business. Try to put most of your money back in your business because it would make money back. You know, you always want to be putting money in places that it's going to be coming back. Always make your money be working, not spending, you know, because there's this one quote people are their their bills are always getting paid but they never get paid you know so absolutely yeah that's absolutely and and i think once we get to a point because it took me years to really realize what it, what it meant to pay myself for my business because i just poured everything into it i if you all saw my car even to this day i drive a bucket right because everything everything that i want that i got I poured back into my business. I poured into investing into workshops for myself, into training for my staff, because I need them to be able to work at the highest capability that they can. So you want a course, you want to learn how to do graphics better? Bet. Here goes a course of so-and-so. You want to learn how to do it email marketing better? Bet. Let me put you into a course. So I'm also not just investing into myself. I'm also investing into my team. So mm. does that mean that I can't go out and go buy the brand new Maserati that I want? Absolutely. I set a financial goal that says, okay, once I hit this and once my team is stable enough and trained enough to run the business without me where I can live on a, in a bikini on a beach, mm. bet I'll go ahead and go get the Maserati that I want. You see what I'm saying? But until I, but until I hit that goal for myself, I, I don't have a right to be out here stunting, stunting on everybody else because mm. I'm still not at a place where I don't have to touch my business. Mm-hmm. Now I'm moving into that now. But even even now, I'm still in a space where I'm still filling in the the gap, the gap between serving one and serving the masses. So that means that now I have to shoot more content for me to be able to put out. I have to have a graphic designer that's on that's on on the team that can help create the content that I need that I know that I'm not going to do on my own. So does that mean that now I need to go and pay somebody two hundred dollars that would have been for my lavish hair and for me to get sparkles on my nails? Yeah, that two hundred dollars is now going to go towards a graphic designer to go create content for the next two weeks. That's going to create more income for me. So yeah, it's a, it's going to be a sacrifice. Uh, and I'm, am I saying go live on the streets and be homeless? And No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that you have to figure out, especially in our culture, like you said, um, where our money should go. Mm-hmm. And we're so used to buying uh, tangible little cute little trinket shoes and, and bags and all this other stuff. Yes, you can have all of that once you get to a point where you have a systematized business that can make your money with your hands being free. Facts. And that's super, super important. You just mentioned there, like, putting money back into your business and not extracting from your business at the beginning stages, right? Like there's, there's a way to get from six to seven figures. You don't just get there. You have to invest money back into the business and to be able to grow it from marketing to graphics, to content, to podcasts, to all these other things that a lot of people don't think about. You know, people would tell us like, Hey, why are you investing into your podcast? Why are you investing into content? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Not understanding later on, it brings more money once you establish that. So that's a really great point you brought up there mm-hmm. thank you yeah it's it's been an investment even last year i probably spent at least ten to fifteen thousand dollars in testing out different platforms just testing just mm-hmm. testing different platforms 
uh, and CRMs because one, I want to build one for myself one day that's specifically catered to my people. Mm -hmm. I want to have a platform that's all inclusive and, and comprehensive of all the tasks that I know that we need help with, with brain dumps, with, with brainstorming, with creating the business plan, with, with creating financial projections. So I needed to see what was out there already, but I also was looking for different platforms to be able to serve right now. So serve my company, serve my clients' companies, because I can't refer you to a platform that I've never tried, mm. that I've never done, gone through their FAQs, that I've never tested what their, what their onboarding process looks like. Mm. There's no way for me to refer you to, a, it's like telling somebody to go to a restaurant you've never been to, yes. except for, except for the fact that this is really their livelihood and their business. So if I've never tried to test it with my team to see how efficient it is, what their customer service is like, I can't refer them. I don't want an affiliate with a company where I've never tried their services. So we spent almost $15,000 last year just testing. Mm -hmm. So that's an investment, right? Mm -hmm. And I understand that people don't have $15,000 just to try stuff out, which is the whole reason why people hire my company because we've already taken that that L on the front end and it, not an L is in lesson, not L is in loss. Yep. Right. So that, I've already taken that lesson for you guys. So that way, when you come to me and, and you're looking for consulting or you're looking for coaching, I've already done that research and work on the front end to be able to give you guys the best educated, not educated guests, but educated advice. Mm -hmm. Facts, facts, man, this episode, we dropped so many gems um, this is kind of, you know, you're the first episode of 2021. <laughs> this is the first episode of 2021. It's gonna be so this is, this is going to be insane. Um, so one thing we're going to do, we got to host a, we got to host a clubhouse. We got to host a clubhouse yes, about this, all this thing. Let's do it. Um, Hey guys, if you guys want to follow Connie, all her social medias, we're going to have it in the link. Hey, let them know your website, where they can find you, your t everything. Let them know right now. So you can find me at ConnieFalls.com. You can find me anywhere on social media at Connie S. Falls because the S is for system. Facebook, Connie S. Falls. Instagram, Connie S. Falls. Twitter, Connie. Everywhere you want to look for me, you can find me with that S in the middle because why? The S is for systems. Yep. And we appreciate you for coming on. She drops so many gems on why systems are important, things you need to do. I hope you guys were taking notes. I hope you guys were taking notes. She just mentioned writing is free. <laughs> so thank you for coming on the podcast today. Uh, guys, we appreciate you guys. We'll see you on the next episode.